You're listening to The Living Word with Danny Hodges of Calvary Chapel Fellowship in St. Pete. Most Christians in the early days of their Christian life don't know the details of God's will for their lives. God works it out day by day, week by week, month by month, year by year. And you eventually, if you continue to offer yourself to the Lord, you eventually will land in the will of God. And you're in the will of God in that process as well, as you lay your life on the altar every day. The million-dollar question for believers is, what is God's will for my life? And most people, if they're honest, want the answer full and complete as soon as possible. Yet, as Pastor Danny teaches today, discovering God's will for your life is a lifelong step-by-step journey. As you trust in Him, He'll reveal a little at a time, guiding you to the next step. He'll give you the desires in your heart. He'll call you to serve the body. He'll whisper what to do. As a child, follow and trust Him in each moment, and you'll find God's will for your life. Now here's Pastor Danny in the book of Romans chapter 12. As he begins his message, you've got charisma. book of Romans chapter 12. Grab your Bibles. Romans chapter 12. And to link where we are this weekend from last weekend, let's go back and look at the first two verses, which we covered in detail last weekend. Verse 1, chapter 12. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Just a reminder, unless you're willing to sell out for God, You will never discover God's will for your life. And we're talking very personally here because every one of us have an individual fingerprint that is like nobody else's. God has a will for my life personally that's different than he has for your life. And God has a will for your life that's different than his will for my life. There's a general will of God, morally, but there's also a personal will of God where he has something prepared for you to do, for us to do. A verse in Ephesians says that God prepared in advance, in advance, works for us to do. And the way to find it is to sell out. 
And if you're not sold out, you'll never discover God's will. And that's what last weekend's message was, verses 1 and 2. Now he gets really practical in regard to God's will. Verse 3. For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment, in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function. Well, that's obvious. Eye, foot, hand, etc. So in Christ, we, though many, form one body. And each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, he's talking about financial giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, another word there would be to administrate. Do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. There's a Greek word for the gifting that God talks about here in the passage. It's the word charis. It means the divine influence upon the heart and its reflection in life. Now, I want to clue you in on something. Uh, Most Christians in the early days of their Christian life don't know the details of God's will for their lives. God works it out day by day, week by week, month by month, year by year. And you eventually, if you continue to offer yourself to the Lord, you eventually will land in the will of God. And you're in the will of God in that process as well, as you lay your life on the altar every day. Another word we get from this is the word charisma. Charisma means a divinely conferred power or talent. And if you know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, when you receive Christ as Lord and Savior and the Holy Spirit came to dwell in you, the Holy Spirit brought with him the charisma. And so every Christian, and sometimes you don't realize you have it, you have charisma. Been given to you by God. In order that you might accomplish his will in your life. But again, it's worked out over time. Now, here's the thing about charisma. The danger of charisma is once you realize you have it and it begins to work itself out in your life, if you're not careful, you can forget where you got it from. That's why the text tells us The opening line, uh, before it gets into the specific gifts, what does it say? I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought. And if you don't maintain a humble attitude in regard to God's gifting or giftings in your life, you'll ruin things. You can ruin the working out of God's gifting or giftings in your life just by forgetting that it was a gift. And you become proud. 
In the Old Testament, the first king of Israel, his name's Saul, and in 1 Samuel chapter 9, the prophet Samuel goes to Saul and tells him what God's will is, that God's chosen him to be the king of Israel. And if you look, 1 Samuel 9 verse 21, Saul answered when Samuel comes to him, but am I not a Benjamite from the smallest tribe of Israel? And is not my clan the least of all the clans of the tribe of Benjamin? Why do you say such a thing to me? What he's saying is, who am I? That God would choose me to be the king of Israel. And he's like, not me, really, me? And he starts out very humble. When you get to chapter 10, it's a bit humorous because in chapter 10, when Samuel calls all Israel together to anoint Saul as the king, they all get together and they're looking for Saul and nobody can find him. Why? He's hiding. He's shy. He's nervous. He's humble. And somebody goes and finds him. Here he is. Here he is. They bring him out. And they finally anoint him king. And after he becomes king, if you read the story, God grants him success. He becomes a great leader. Uh, The armies of Israel defeat their enemies. And, and God is now beginning to work out his will in Saul's life, through Saul's life. But if you continue on with the story, by the time you get to 1 Samuel chapter 15, Saul has forgotten who he is and where he comes from. He's lost his humble attitude. And in 1 Samuel chapter 15 and verse 12, it says that Saul went and actually erected a monument in his own honor. A Saul monument. Who's the man? You know what I mean? And he lost the humility that he started with. And you read the rest of the story, and it's a sad story, because God rejected him as king. God took away the very thing that he had given him and the privileges that he had, and he ruined the will of God for his life just because he didn't maintain a humble attitude. And you can ruin it. Paul the Apostle writes in 1 Corinthians, I want you to say this verse with me because we need to remember this. Here we go. You ready? What do you have that you did not receive? And if you did receive it, why do you boast as though you did not? Listen, I don't care if it's scoring the touchdown or giving a great sermon or whatever it is in life as a Christian, you better make sure you give God the glory because he's the one that gave you the ability. Don't ever forget it. There's only two points to the passage. This is the first one. Maintain a humble attitude in regard to the gift that God's given you or giftings that God has given you. Second point, second point, and it's right from the text. Do what God's gifted you for. Now, we're going to talk about how you discover that, but look, just do it. Just do it. Finding God's will for your life is more than attending a church service. Do what God's gifted you for. Now, before we get into the very practical aspects of this text, I want to read one more verse from the New Testament in 1 Peter. 1 Peter, chapter 4. Very practical scripture 
in regard to the giftings that God bestows on his people. 1 Peter chapter 4 and verse 10. Each of you should use whatever gift you've received to serve others. Never forget that. Maintain a humble attitude and realize God's given it to you to serve. As faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. That's sobering for me. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength God provides because you'll get tired and you'll need fresh strength. And so Peter puts the gifts in two very broad categories. Okay, two umbrellas. There are speaking gifts. There are serving gifts. One of my main gifts and my main gifting that God has done and continues to do in and through my life I'm a big mouth, and I'm absolutely amazed at that. And before we're done, you'll, you'll understand why. I'm just amazed. I'm in awe. Every, every week, every week I get up and do this, I'm absolutely amazed. I'm amazed people come back. I'm I, just amazed. I really am. I'm not I'm, I'm trying to be funny. It's just amazing. Incredible. You might love me, but that's a different thing. To, you know, I mean, I, I appreciate that. Now, I want you to see the practical nature of how these giftings begin to work themselves out in our lives. I want you to see it. And, and to see it, I want you to imagine that you're all in little groups and we're having a meal together. We've had a great meal, and now the dessert is being brought out. And here it is. And if it's me, it's a big old banana pudding, you know, a big old banana pudding coming out. And all of a sudden, the dessert gets spilled. And you're like, no, not the banana pudding. And so you imagine you're in your group, and the dessert has spilled on the floor. And here's how the giftings start to manifest themselves with the spilled dessert, all right? Uh, now, I'm speaking very generally here, but some people say there's not prophets in the New Testament. Acts 13.1, that, that's a disagreement there. And there were prophets and teachers in the church of Antioch. And the prophet might say something like, uh, that's what happens when you're not careful. Because the prophet's motivation is to correct someone's life. They, they messed up, they spilled it, you know, like they want to correct them. That's what happens when you're not careful. By the way, I have a bit of a, a prophetic gift. I, I'm convinced of it. So I don't always make you feel good, <laughs> you know. And the prophet, the prophet is there to tell you what, what you did wrong. The one with the gift of serving, they immediately start helping to clean it up. They say, let me, let me help you clean it up. And they're there, and they're just they're cleaning it up. There, we have a lot of servants here, but I'm going to tell you, the guy that runs our parking lot ministry, I've watched him long enough. I've watched him long enough. He has the gift of serving the gift. He don't need to be in the limelight. He don't need his name in the bulletin. He don't even need you to pat him on the back and say, thanks. I do say thanks to Jeff, but listen, we call him Stu. That's his Nick Stu. I'm telling you, he has the gift of serving. And not only does he do parking lot, anything else, anything else, we have some, some special project, some need. We, Stu's here. We call Stu. He's here. He's there. He just does it. He just does it. Why? Because he has the gift of serving. Just because you don't have a particular gifting doesn't mean you're not called to serve. 
You know, don't say, well, I, I don't have the gift of serving. So you don't serve. You're just a lazy bum. You know, look, you may not have the gift of prophecy, but we're all called to prophesy at times, to speak. You know, you may not have the gift of serving, but we're all called to serve. And so just because you don't have a particular gifting doesn't mean you're not to exercise Christian virtues. So I hope you understand that. I hope that's not confusing. So the motivation for the gift of serving is to fulfill a need. Very simple as that. They see the need, get in there and do it. Meet the need. Person with the gift of teaching, that's one of my gifts. The reason that fell is it was heavy on one side. And they won't tell you why it happened. You Discovery. One of the greatest compliments I get. Somebody came up to me last week after one of the services and said, there's something about you, and when you teach the Bible, I get it. I get it. That's a great compliment. It's a wonderful compliment. That's what you want. That's what a teacher wants. He wants you to, to see it, to hear it, to get it. Discover why it happened. The one with the gift of encouragement might say, next time, let's serve the dessert with the meal. And the motivation is to correct the future. They're exhorting you to correct the future. The person with the gift of giving, they pull out the wallet, they open the purse, they say, I'll be happy to buy a new dessert. Now, every one of us is called to give. But it's interesting now, isn't it, that in the text, on the gift of giving, God adds, God adds, if that is your gift, give generously. That's interesting that God would have to add that to the one with the gift of giving. Why? Because the danger in the gift of giving is you start to keep more than God wants you to keep. And God's given you more. God's blessed you so that you generally make more money than the general public. And God's given you that ability to make more money because he wants you to give more for kingdom causes. We call her the widow who gave her last might. She's recorded for us in the stories of the Gospels. Jesus and his disciples are watching. They're at the temple in Jerusalem as people are giving their gifts, monetary gifts. And it says rich people were coming in and putting in large amounts. But this widow comes by, and she gives a very small amount monetarily, but relative to what she has, it's a lot because it's all she has. Jesus takes the opportunity to teach his disciples. And he turns to his disciples. You said, he says, you see this widow? She's given more than all of the rich people who put in monetarily more than her. But by heaven's evaluation, she gave more because she kept less. <laughs> so if you have more, God's called you to give more. And the one with the gift of giving, he's given them more so that they can give more. And the motivation for the gift of giving is to give to a tangible need. And they see a need, they say, hey, and they just, they write the check. The one with the gift of leadership or administration might say something like, Jim, would you get the mop? Sue, please help pick it up. And Mary, help me prepare another dessert. And they are, they're, they're telling people what to do. A lot of wives have this gift. <laughs> Why are you laughing? You're laughing because you know it's true. So give him administration, leadership. The lady singing on this mic today, Lindsay, she's our newest CCF hire. She has the gift of administration, the gift of leadership. That's what it means to be able to 
organize and put things together. And the motivation and the gift of administration or leadership is to achieve the immediate goal of the group. The whole organization of everything. I'm like, hey, pray for her. She needs it. She got a big responsibility, but she has a gifting as well to be able to do what she does. <laughs> the woman to get the mercy might say, don't feel bad. Could have happened to anyone. Let me clue you in on your pastor if you don't know me very well yet. This is not my strength. You want somebody to stroke you and make you feel good? Look, I'm going to be prophetic. I'm going to teach. You know, I'm going to tell you why it happened. Why, why you stupid? Stupid is as stupid does if you just do what it says. You know, and I got the prophetic drive there, but I don't generally have the gift of mercy. That doesn't mean we aren't to be merciful. But that's not my main gifting. The motivation of the one with mercy is uh, to relieve embarrassment. And that people that really know me, I'm usually causing the embarrassment. <laughs> but back to the text. The emphasis of the text, when it mentions every one of the giftings, after every one of the giftings, you know what it says? Do it. If your gift is teaching, teach. If your gift is serving, serve. If your gift is giving, give. Just do it. Some people aren't doing anything. They're attending a church service. You think you get kudos for God from heaven by attending a church service? No. Do something. So I don't know what my gifting is yet. Do something anyway. Why would someone not do, and why would someone maybe stop doing what they were doing? That's a practical question. Those questions really come from the text because the emphasis is if, if you have this gift, do it. If you have this, do it. Now, I want to give you quickly some reasons why people don't. Let me give you an example from the Old Testament. I think you've heard of this guy. His name's Moses. And in Exodus chapter 3, when God comes to Moses in the burning bush to call Moses to now begin to follow and fulfill the will of God for his life, Moses gives five excuses. I didn't know if you realized that. Moses gave five excuses. And here they are. Chapter 3, verse 11, here's Moses' first excuse. Moses said to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? Now, that is a good response, but it's still an excuse. It's a humble response. And at this point, after 40 years on the backside of the desert, the Bible tells us Moses was the most humble man on the face of the earth. And so he's like, who am I? Good response, but still an excuse. Second excuse, verse 13, Moses said to God, suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, the God of our fathers, your fathers have sent me to you. And they asked me, what's his name? And God says, you tell them I am. That's it. I am. And the intention there is that I am, and you fill in the blank. I am whatever they need. And Moses, I'm whatever you need. But that wasn't good enough for Moses. So Moses comes up with this third excuse, and that's chapter 4, verse 1. Moses said, what if they don't believe me or listen to me and say the Lord did not appear to you? God says, take your staff, throw it down. Moses throws down his staff, it becomes a snake. God says, take it by the tail. He takes it by the tail, it becomes a staff again. God says, take your hand, put it in your cloak. He puts it in his cloak. Bring it out. It's leprous. Put it back in again. Puts it back in. Bring it out. It's healed. God says, go down to the Nile. Get some water. 
turns it into blood. In other words, God says, I'm going to do miracles. You go stand before Pharaoh and I'm going to do miracles through your life. Thanks for joining us today to study the Book of Romans here on The Living Word with Pastor Danny Hodges. You can hear this message again or more of Pastor Danny's teachings at our website, ccfstpete.church. Just look under the Resources tab and click on Teachings. We'd also like to encourage you to subscribe to our YouTube channel to stay up to date on the latest videos. If you have any questions, prayer requests, or would simply like to talk with us, feel free to send us an email. Our address is info at ccfstpete.church. Again, that email address is info at ccfstpete.church. Be sure to let us know how we can be praying for you when you send us that email. If you're in or near the St. Petersburg area, we would be happy to meet you in person. We invite you to join us for our weekly church services at Calvary Chapel Fellowship. Check out our website for service times and all the information you need to join us. In addition to our in-person services, we also live stream each service. So don't let distance hold you back from worshiping with us this weekend. Find out more on our website. Once again, that's ccfstpete.church. Well, that's all the time we have for today. Be sure to tune in again next time as Pastor Danny continues to teach through the book of Romans right here on The Living Word.